This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings Under the Willow Tree. Previously on Winglings, Will began his combat training aboard the Jolly Leafer. During his training, he was gifted a new blowpipe and an ancient living sword called a Zaxlin. Will's new Zaxlin Gabriel helped them defeat the wretched ink eels that were sent by the Dark to capture M. But soon after the last of them was slain, Will realized he'd been bitten by one of the eels. Now the poisonous ink is spreading, and pretty soon all of the dark will know exactly where they are. 
And now for episode five, Fighting Waves. My dreams were deep and dark as I slept, swirling visions of clouds, lightning, and shadows. A heaviness hung over me like a smothering blanket. It was hot and uncomfortable, and I could feel big drops of sweat dripping down my face. My eyelids quivered but wouldn't open. I tried again, still no luck. Then a flash in my mind, and I saw a crown. It was beautiful, golden, lined with precious stones and full of light. It gleamed against the darkness. A crown fit for a queen, I thought. Emerald's crown. Then there was a sharp crack of thunder, and my vision faded back to me. Finally, my eyelids stretched open, and I could see Magborn standing over me, expanding and contracting his glowing hands. My eyes cleared, and I saw that his face shone brightly. Next to him, my sis Emerald lay watching me. She too was shining with a brilliant luster. Beneath Magborn's hands, I could see black blobs of ink floating out of me. Magborn was exhausted. Whatever he was doing was taking so much out of him that he was trembling. Finally, he could take no more. He collapsed, and the black ink splashed onto the deck next to him. Magborn! I cried. Magborn jumped to his feet with a newfound strength. He's awake! He shouted. Praise the light! You're alive! I swallowed, and the filthy taste of ink, like a dirty oil, lined my throat. I pushed through it to speak. Did you get it? I said. Is it all gone? Magborn's expression darkened. It's not that simple, Will. I did the best I could, but I'm afraid I've only bought us more time. You mean there's still more in me? I'm sorry, Will. I wish it were more simple. You don't understand. This is a very powerful ink. We need to get it out of you before it spreads. The more it spreads, the brighter the dark light shines. The signal will grow stronger and more and more workers of the dark will become aware of our doings. We must get rid of it before you become a dark beacon. Unfortunately, there's only one way to completely cure you of an inkeel bite. I raised my eyebrows and waited anxiously for his answer. We'll have to take a detour and stop by Crow, Magborn said, hardly believing what he was saying. I hate Crow. Everybody hates Crow. It's a nasty place, even for a port village. But, as light would have it, it's the only place crazy enough to catch and serve Queen Ink Eel. Now I was really awake. Say what? That's right, Scrub. You'll have to eat a Queen Ink Eel to remedy the poison. Only place that serves it and serves it right is in Crow. It must be filleted, pickled, then fried with salt and... Stop! I said, gagging a little. My friend Tim had tricked me once into eating a snog-eyed snail, told me it was a delicious toad delicacy. It was awful. When I took a big bite out of that sticky, slimy, salty creature, I lost my appetite for weeks. And that was just a little snail. We were talking about an ink eel. I wasn't sure which was worse, having the poison spread and being captured by the dark, or swallowing pickled sea serpent. I don't want to hear another word of it. I said, just take us there and keep me distracted in the meantime. Magborn smiled. That shouldn't be too hard. We'll need to keep the poisonous ink from spreading till we get there, and the only way to do that is to fight it with Pixie. 
Is that what I saw you doing with your hands? With a little exaggeration, I mimicked the funny gestures I'd seen him make. Magborn stared at my awkwardly waving hands. Do I really look like a tipsy fairy choir composer when I do it? I shrugged. Only a little. That little hand dance you're making fun of happened to save your life, boy. Unfortunately, I could only exert enough pixie to get rid of a tiny portion of it. Eelink is a stubborn toxin. I only got what I did thanks to the help of your sister's pixie. M heard her name and giggled and kicked her legs out with excitement. You can use pixie magic from someone else? I asked. Only if they let you. Pixie magic can be combined for a greater purpose or channeled through a weaker host if both hosts' wheels are aligned. Very interesting, I thought. I remembered the night M was born in her little flower, about the black bees that tried to take her, the rain that nearly washed us away and the lightning that shot out of my pinky toe. To think all this time I thought there was something special about that toe. Guess it wasn't so special after all. It was M's magic that had shot through me and sent a lightning bolt zapping out of it into the bees. Without knowing it, she'd allowed me to use her magic. Honestly, it was kind of sour news. Having a magic toe would have been pretty wicked. What did you call me? I see myself saying. You'll regret it. Then I throw off my little fairy shoe, whip out my magic toe and shake it at him. Now that I'm saying it, it seemed much more impressive in my head. All right, then, I said. Go on and wave your soft little composer hands over me and work your pixie. Magborn laughed. Wouldn't that be nice? Me just waving my twinkle fingers over you all the way to crow. Ah, no. I'll teach you to use pixie and you must command the poison not to spread until we get there. Oh, gobbers. I didn't feel up to more training. A nice nap wrapped in my wings sounded much more appetizing. But Magborn left me no choice. He brought me to my feet, and together we looked out over the ocean. First thing you must understand about Pixie is that it's everywhere, Magborn explained. It is all around you, a faint dust you can rarely see unless its presence is especially strong. You must learn to recognize it, call it to you, and understand it. Pixie magic consists of two very important ingredients, Pixie and a strong fairy. Only together can they wield the magical power. Have you ever felt it in the air? I remember the strong, glittering presence around us in the jelly tree forest, and all the times Ma and Da would use it for small tasks around the house. The air always seemed to fizz a little when they did. I believe so, I said. You'll feel it stronger in some places, like the temples of light. But strong or not, you need to learn to call it to you. Now, close your eyes and concentrate. Magborn closed his eyes and turned his palms outward. I mirrored the pose. Only fairies have the ability to feel pixie and breathe it in. We are blessed with a sensitivity to it. Focus on the breeze. Do you feel it? The breeze? Yes. Of course. Good. Magborn took a deep inhale. Now, feel deeper. Concentrate on the wind in your hands. Focus intensely on a small area. What do you feel on the breeze? Mist? What else? 
I focused harder. The misty breeze cooled my arms, but that was it. I couldn't recognize anything else. Wait, there was something. A faint tingling sensation tickled my palm. As I focused on it, it made its way up to my inner arm. It felt somewhat like a very fine sand blowing against me. I feel it! I shouted, trying to contain my excitement and keep my eyes closed. Don't lose it! Magborn warned. Breathe slowly and deeply. Imagine the pixie entering your arms. I did as he instructed. Breathing slowly, I pictured the little tiny specks of pixie dust soaking into my skin. As I did, I had to catch my breath. The surreal feeling of tiny specks soaking into my pores, the holes in my skin, filled me with excitement. When I stopped imagining and released my breath, I was filled with a fantastic energy that I'd only felt the night I'd shot the lightning out of my toe. I could feel magic buzzing around me. Magborn grinned. That's right. You've got it. Hold it for just a moment. He went to grab something from his cabin. While he was gone, I could feel the power leaving me. If I concentrated really hard, I could slow its release, but it took a surprising amount of energy to do so. When Magborn returned, it was nearly all gone. I feel tired, I confessed. I feel like I just flew halfway around the world carrying an elephant. It'll do that to you. Turning pixie into magic takes a lot out of you. In time, you will grow stronger and be able to last longer and do magnificent things with it. But it'll take much learning and practice. Here. He handed me a quill and parchment. This is a quail quill, made from the feather of a magical quail of the eastern hills. You'll use it to write spells. I took the quill that was made of a beautiful green and black feather and held it to the parchment. Now what? I want you to think of a power you would like to use. Keep it simple at first. I want to know everything. Magborn chuckled. Don't we all? Come now, simple. Let's start with pushing away the poison and keeping it from spreading within you. I imagine that very thing in great detail. Magborn continued. Keep that picture in your mind, then think of a word. Doesn't matter what it is, you can make it up. And when you're ready, write down that word with the image in mind. Not knowing where he was going with this, I humored him. With the image of the poison pushing back from spreading, I thought of a word and wrote it down. Actually, it was two words. Stinky pits, Magborn read, amazed with my idiotic suggestion. That's right. That's what I'll get if this nasty ink juice spreads. Magborn shook his head. <sighs> you would, scrub. Oh well, you've already written it, so it is done. All you have to do now is breathe in more pixie and say your word. The power behind your spell will depend entirely on your strength and experience. So don't be discouraged if it doesn't perform exactly as you imagined. I closed my eyes and felt for the pixie. There it was. A tingling mist. Slowly I breathed it in through my pores and held it. As I let out my deep breath, I said, Stinky pits. The words sent a buzz from my mouth to my toes. Suddenly I felt a sudden jolt in my leg. In my mind I could picture the toxin pushing back down towards the bite. 
The pain from my waist faded back down into my calf, but as soon as it was commanded to retreat, I could feel it gradually creeping back up. "'What do you think?' Magborn asked. I opened my eyes. "'Incredible!' "'You'll need to do that as often as you have the strength to bear it. We need to keep that poison away from your heart.' Lucky for me, that means I'll have to listen to you mumbling stinky pits for the rest of our journey. He looked down at Em. Truly, wielding pixie magic is becoming a lost art. You and your fairy clans wouldn't have to depend so much on the light from your queens if you'd only learned to harness pixie. Its power is real. This isn't about cheap parlour tricks or brief gimmicks to help with household duties. With pixie you can bend elements to your will. What do you mean? Watch. Magborn took a deep breath. Then, with a look of intense concentration, he closed his fists and opened them toward the giant leaf sail. Seposhnava, he whispered. A gust of wind filled the sail and pushed the jolly leafer forward. My eyes nearly popped out. You mean to tell me you can control the wind? For a bit, yes. That is how we've been making such good time in our travels. Every so often I give our sail a little push. But I can't do it non-stop, you see. It drains me too. Not quite as quickly, of course. Show me how to do it, I pleaded. You already know what you need. Grab your quill, then imagine yourself pushing, pulling, and stopping the wind. Start with something small. Your limited power will only handle so much. There was a little squirrel bird perched on the boat's railing. Basking in the sun, it stretched its feathers and furry tail as it chewed on a sea nut. I got an idea. Closing my eyes, I imagined blowing the little creature off the railing. Still picturing the scene, I opened my eyes and wrote down a word. Then I closed my eyes again, feeling for the pixie, reaching for it with my mind and breathing it in. I opened my eyes and held out my hand at the squirrel bird. Gafora! I shouted. A tiny gust blew past the bird, barely making its feathers ruffle. The creature relished in the sudden breeze. Magborn burst into laughter. It's not funny, I scolded. Magborn couldn't contain himself. Careful with that one, you'll mess up someone's hair. I kept from laughing myself. It was pretty pathetic. Well, maybe we'll run into minions of the dark with really good hair and it'll come in handy. Magborn finally got himself under control, wiping tears of laughter from his red eyes. I can't wait, he said. For the rest of the day and into the night, I breathed in pixie and mumbled stinky pits to myself to keep the poison at bay. But every time I pushed it back, it drained me. The only thing I could compare it to is the feeling of flexing a muscle over and over and over again. I felt weak and tired, like the days where I'd spent every waking hour working on Dad's farm. Back in my room, I played a flute for my Zaxlan Gabriel. Magborn had been right. Playing a joyful tune before bed seemed to keep him happy. A little song was well worth not getting chewed out the next time I held him. Once I finished the last verse, I sheathed Gabriel and set him next to my bed. When I touched the handle, I could hear him in my mind say, Thank you. A knock came at the door and Magborn entered. How are you feeling? Honestly, completely spent. I can barely keep my head up. It'll get easier with time, I promise. He played with the beads in his braided beard. You did good today, Will. 
You're a quick learner. Thanks. Have to admit, you're a pretty good teacher. Pretty good? I got you the cool off a squirrel bird with your mind on your first day. I laughed. I almost blew the bugger off. Give me a week and he'll be skipping across the water. All bit. I paused. Magborn, I feel like I know nothing about you. I mean, obviously you're a fairy since you admitted that only fairies can wield pixie magic, and I've seen you do it with my own eyes, but I don't even know where you're from. Magborn grew uncomfortable. I could tell this was a topic of conversation he'd avoided on purpose. I am a man without a people will. The less you know about me, the better off you are. In some kingdoms, just breathing my name will bring you more trouble than you and that little fairling can handle. That's why I plan to leave you at the temples when we get there. I'm a man of my word, but no sense in keeping you in greater danger than need be. The quicker I'm in and out of your story, the better. Our eyes met for a long moment and I studied him, trying to place him in a clan. Suddenly the boat rocked violently, forcing Magborn to catch himself on a hanging lantern. Outside I heard a loud roar and then a boom! The boat again rocked hard. Magborn looked around the room, stunned. I can't be, he mumbled. Grab your sister. What is it? I asked. But Magborn ignored me and ran up onto the deck. I grabbed M, who was already fussing from the commotion, and followed after him. On my way up the stairs, the boat was slammed again, nearly making me tumble back down the steps. Still weak from the pixie training, I regained my balance and pushed forward until I was out on deck. A storm raged outside. Dark clouds spat lightning through the thick blankets of rain into the crashing waves. Magborn was standing by the tree mast and waved me over to him. Dodging the dangerously massive raindrops, I ran out to him. When I reached him, he anchored us to the thick tree trunk using his white rope. Brace yourself, he shouted. Another wave slammed into the jolly leafer. A loud crack sounded as the wooden railing splintered. I squinted my eyes overboard. Did I just see that correctly? I wondered. The wave looked as though it had intentionally risen up and punched into our ship. Is that what I think it is? I yelled over the storm. Magborn held us close as another wave punched into our boat. They're called fighting waves, he said. Waves are normally created by wind. The stronger and faster the wind, the bigger the wave. These, however, are created by a curse. Always fighting these waves. They've been agitated by our presence, and now they're challenging us. I looked out over the waves that were building up and forming into giant liquid fists before smashing into us. I was terrified. The ship was taking a beating. A few fighting waves even got into a scuffle amongst themselves, punching violently at each other and sending giant geysers of water spraying up. How do you fight a wave? I cried. A few more punches and the ship was starting to split across the middle. I'm thinking, Magborn shouted back. Walls of water flooded over us and splashed hard onto the deck. The giant leaf sail above shielded us from the giant raindrops, and if it weren't for Magborn's rope, we would have been washed away. Three giant waves came together to form one monstrous fist of water. It pulled back and then swung at us. 
the towering blow would surely be the end. It was too late. Think quicker, I shouted. As the wave came crashing down toward us, I felt the buzzing, terrified energy of my little sister in my arms. Pixie, I thought. I closed my eyes and concentrated. As quick as I could, I called the pixie to me. This time, however, the surge of power was much greater. Pixie poured into me, not just from the turbulent air around me, but from my sister. I could feel it pushing away from her with her permission and entering into me. Filled with an overwhelming rush of power, I threw my hand out and shouted, Gephora! A tornado of wind burst from my hand and blew against the toppling wave. It pushed hard against my wind, hovering just above our ship and trying desperately to slam us down into the deep. But it was pushed back. I felt a hand on my shoulder and another burst of pixie entered into me. Magborn was adding his power to ours. Combining our pixie, the wind's power grew, pushing back the massive wave until it crashed back down into the ocean. One last push and our gust of wind leveled all the fighting waves, bringing them splashing back down to the surface. Crackling thunder faded away as the swells calmed and the rain subsided. I collapsed to the deck, drained of any ounce of energy I had left. My lips still buzzed from the magic spell. Magborn caught me and picked me and my sister up. You did it, Scrub! I can't believe my own eyes! I groaned. Barely able to keep my eyes open, I could hear water gushing in the cabins below. The ship was sinking. Despite our obvious peril, Magborn was ecstatic. I've never seen anything like it. We're almost there, boy. Hang on just a little bit further. Magborn held us close and pushed wind into the leaf sail. The jolly leafer sailed quickly toward a light up ahead. Every few seconds the bright beam cut across the low clouds. It was a lighthouse. The ship creaked and split as water gushed into the ship's hull. With painful effort, I turned my head towards the light. In the darkness ahead, I could make out the dark shadow of land. I don't know about you, but that got pretty intense there at the end. It'd be pretty cool to be able to wield pixie magic and write your own spells, huh? You should try it out. Think of a cool power you'd want, write down a cool name for it, and then draw a picture of you using it. I'd want to be able to turn rain into ice cream. Just open my window and hold out a cone. What did you think of those fighting waves? Pretty crazy, huh? Like Magborn said, waves, the ones you see crashing into big fishing boats out at sea or being surfed by a gnarly dude, occur when wind transfers its energy into the water. The energy passes into the water, making it move in a circular motion. These types of waves are called surface waves. 
Bad weather, like major storms, caused the waves to be bigger and more violent. That's because, as mentioned in the story, the stronger the wind, the quicker its speed, the duration of its blow, and the area it covers all attribute to the size and strength of the wave. Well, Rocketeers, now you know. You've been listening to Winglings Under the Willow Tree, a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. Be sure to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode. And when you get a chance, please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help others discover the stories that you enjoy. This is your host, Greg Webb, and thank you for listening.